Welcome to Kashmir on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir Magazine. And tonight we have a very interesting show. We're talking about a very big topic that's happening locally here in the Brooklyn area. I'm not going to give all the details away. You'll have to just hold on a couple of minutes. But before we start, I just want to remind everybody that uh, I know it's the summer and I know not everybody's hearing me, my, my voice. Maybe they'll hear it a month from now when they come home. But uh, our station over here, JWU Radios, have been sponsoring the show for the last five years. All of what we've said over here is only possible because JRoot makes it possible, makes it, brings it to you to listen to. And so anything that you got out of this show for all this time, you have to, it's time to show a little bit of Hakara Satov. The station needs your support, not just because it's the summer, but because there's equipment that has to be replaced. The equipment is in the range of uh, $20,000. That's serious issues, and I think occasionally you hear something on the uh, listening to the sh- the shows, and you hear little breaks, etc. Problems, uh, something doesn't go well. That's because of the quality of the equipment. We're dealing with aged equipment already, so we do need your help. If you can find the time to write a check, so they do that by sending a check to J Wood Radio, twenty eight twenty nine Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York one one two two nine. And if you want to make things a little easier for yourself, just text us at 347-927-8398. Someone will call you back and arrange for uh, whatever it is to make it easier for you, whether it's a credit card or a check, but they'll, it's easier to do it sometimes with a phone. So all you got to do is text us at 347-927-8398, or you can send your check directly, J. Root Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, 11229. Now, I'm going to take a moment off before we actually start our regular part, which is mostly, which is all about kashras, to talk about something different, talking a little bit about uh, speaking properly. Now, I don't mean necessarily talk nicely. That's something that we may get to in a minute. But I'm talking about something else, speaking properly. Speaking properly means... When you read the Torah, when you daven, it should be correctly. Uh, I feel as, you know, this is the Pasha, that uh, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was mispalel, and uh, actually not this one, but the next one, but, they, but he's meschanan, but he's, but he's, uh, he's, he's mispalel to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, and the tefillos have to be exact, they have to be proper. I, recently, I happened to hear a Balkaire, and I can't tell you, but he, he made numerous errors in his speech, and really what it was was a sloppiness because of, uh, you know, people, are, we come from, I come from New York, somebody comes from Massachusetts, somebody comes from down south, you come from different, come Midwest, there's pronunciations that we have. It's sometimes it's hard for us to pronounce letters. Like a person from, um, uh, from New England, it's hard for them to say, a, an R or a Raish at the end of a word, because they usually say ka instead of car. So this, this, it's a hard thing, and you have to do it uh, logically with your own mind. I'm going to just tell you a few words that a good friend of mine handed me this morning, and I'm just passing them on. You can do it. You can try to correct your davening, and, you'll, and if you're laying, you're laying, uh, and it's going to be a lifetime project. But he, listen to this. The word is not vayisu. It's vayisu. The word is not Shimon, Shimon, it's not Shimon, it's Shimon. You have to have the olives and the ions sounding. Of course, we don't have sounds for the olives and the ions, at least the way we pronounce it. Some people have a a diphthong for an ion, but at least it should be broken up. It's Shimon, it's not Shimon, there's there's something there. Uh, Elazar, it's not Elazar, it's El-Azar. You have to have the iron in there. Paro is not paro, peiresh cholim. It's par oi. You have the you have the you have the uh, the iron over there, or the word bilam. It's not bilam. It's bilam. You have to have pronounce the iron or karenu. Not it's not karenu. It's karenu. You have to see this in your, in, when you're davening and looking for those extra letters that you're swallowing up. I think you'll have a very 
much better time in davening. Since I mentioned uh, Kedusha, uh, let me yeah. jump. Let me jump. You know, <laughs> just, you know let me I jump. I didn't get started yet. Okay, okay no, but ahead. you know, first of all, uh, the, the Zohar Kadosh said about the people that basically swallowed the word. Yeah. He said, he, spell, he said, Abasar. Od abasar b'shinem. The meat in in the in their teeth, you know. The teeth, yeah. this, you know, and uh, we are. The, I know. I tell you, we you have the five different groups of letters, right. and I think if we when we practice this and understand how to spell it, you have the groniot, the chech, and the shon, and this shim on, shim ain, you know. And people, you know, we unfortunately we don't we forget about it, but most of the the true that the Yemenites are very very into it and right. the Sephardic also uh, say, you know the Syrian uh, that and uh, I think that and the biggest that, problem is that we daven too fast yeah uh, this is no question so that, you know, no question the, that's the biggest problem if we daven a little slower you'll be able to correct a lot of and things nefesh, at least in the Shema you gotta be very yes. careful Nefesh Chaim, you know said about it that it's, it's, a, it's a very tricky but it's, it's a good practice that when you daven Try to see the wording coming out of your mouth. I'm thinking if you see she uh, so you see, you see the see sheen coming from your teeth, and the man from the lips, and the iron from the throat, and the noon of the tongue. So this is like, uh, and it, it's take time to practice it. Oh my it. goodness, that's I'm, a lot. Of time. I, I'm telling you, but this is this is for me, for me as as I am praying. I tried, I, I, and you, nice. see, you see the wording, and I, I tell you, I learned it from the Defesh HaChaim, it's, it's amazing, this, you know, unbe unbelievable yeah. okay. to see, it. This, is, this is changing your life on, on a praying, changing pray at right. all. Right, I, I want to go on now to uh, some of the other topics that I'm we sorry. were talking about, <laughs> more, more into the Kashos area. Now, this is a, 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 this is a little story, because we talked last week about uh, people who are incarcerated, prisoners, uh, Jewish prisoners, and I, I get a lot of letters from them. Recently, I got a letter from somebody, and uh, it taught me, I had to go a little, do a little uh, investigation, and it taught me something very interesting that I want to share with everybody, because it's, unfortunately, just like we had a few months ago, if you remember, we had that issue with the, uh, with the package of candies, where they had different candies in the bag, some kosher and not kosher, and they had uh, a kosher symbol on the back of the bag where the ingredients are, and therefore people thought it was kosher certified. Well, actually, it was only that particular bag inside that had that kind of food, the kandanash. That was a certified one, but the other ones were treif. And it was very confusing. We talked about that then. Nothing happened, of course, but we talked about that then. By the way, that other issue that I mentioned uh, a few weeks ago about the... Uh, the OU on the on the store near us over here, Juice by Julie, they have uh, been taking it off, Baruch Hashem. Now, g going on to this thing I'm talking about now, this man in jail, you, know, you have to picture this, he is about Shuba. I mean, he I think he really is a practicing Jew now. But, uh, but he was a Jew always, and he's now really coming back. And kosher is very important to him. And he started, he's eating this bread. It's a fry hopper bread. And the non-Jewish inmate next to him, I don't know, uh, you know what nationality he was, but the, the non-Jewish inmate right next to him said, you can't eat that. It's not kosher. He said, what are you talking about? He's been eating fry hopper bread for who knows how long. And he loves the 12-grain bread because he, is, he can't stand the, the white bread that they give everybody. Uh, see, he loves this bread. And he said, what, what are you talking about? And he said, look at the package. There's no kosher on there. And he looked all over the package. There's no kosher symbol. So he's in jail, and I'm out, and he sends me the letter. I should, I should find out from what's going on here because he loves this stuff. What do he do? So I did investigate, and I was a little bit surprised at what I found out. And this is something that all of us have to have in our heads we walk around with a lot of things on our heads, but this is one thing that we have to work around in our heads because this is what is being done to us as kosher consumers. There's a comp there's no fry harpers. Fry harpers doesn't exist. Like a lot of things, it's a name. Maybe it once was a company, but it's not a company. The company's name is Bimbo. And I know Bimbo, they have 
they're gigantic. They have all over Mexico and the States. They're big, 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 this bimbo. One of the names they own is Fryhoppers. And so I asked, so I called them and I said, is this, is this product kosher certified? So they said, it depends where it's made. They make the same name product, looks exactly the same on the packaging, and they make it in different plants. Some of the plants are certified by the OU, some of the plants are certified by the Cuff K, and some of them are Trey. It's the same product. Fry hoppers, you can find it probably in the store, lined up one next to the other. Different ashkachas, no ashkacha. Uh, it was a little surprising to me because, you know, I, I'm used to the idea of a company, and the company, you know, they have some products that may be not kosher, but most of the line is kosher, etc. But this idea of wiggling in and wiggling out, going to one, sto- one plant making kosher, another plant making not kosher, it's a little surprising to me. So that's a very important thing for people to keep in the back of their minds. Now, I had one very interesting call today. It was a long one. The woman runs a business. I'm not going to give you the details, but she runs a business, and she had a problem because she was trying to find out what kind of kosher was on the product that she was selling. I'm not going to go into details of what, how, what things she sells, but this particular thing was a candy, and uh, she investigated the kind of company that makes it, who is the kosher certification, and she was told a certain kosher certification. So that would have been fine, but it, the company switched the place that they're making it in now, I mean, where they're, where they're, I'm sorry, where they're packaging now. So they claim that they're getting the product coming in with this certain hashkocha, which she liked, and they're packaging in a plant with a different hashkocha, which she doesn't like. And now she has a problem when she's selling it to her customers, which hashkocha should she say it is? The one that they claim they're getting it from the original or the one that's doing the packaging in that, in that plant? So I'm not going to discuss with you now on, on this radio exactly what I told her because it's a little bit uh, confusing and, and, and it might be uh, misunderstood. But I, I helped her with her problem. It's just that I want you to understand that you're having this situation where there's a repackaging at the so-called manufacturer level. is doing a repackaging. And since everything is coming in kosher, but when they're telling people what kosher they have, they're telling him the one that produced it. But that's not necessarily who we should hold as responsible. It's the one who's doing the packaging because he has the responsibility to make sure that what goes out to you in a package is kosher. He has to know who made it. He has to be satisfied with it. And he has to sign off that nothing else got in here. But you can't go back to the original person just like when we go into the stores, the repackaging, all of us know about that. You see little plastic containers, and it says, it'll say, oh, you want it, it'll say, Debrecina Rob, it'll say anything you want on it. And then you look and you see it was put out by the, the store, they just put it into plastics, and they wrote the name of the hashkocha on the top. Sometimes, in the good old days, the hashkochas used to come to these, used to attack these stores and tell them, don't you dare do that, you have no authority to do it. But you, what can you do? Every single store is doing it now. So now we're all in, the only one that really is responsible to us is the store. If it's a firm owner and you're happy with him, fine, he took responsibility. But he doesn't watch the, the actual packaging. But if he hasn't got anything else in the store that's not that, then of course whatever he says it is, is correct. Of course, we've seen situations where the store, very nice store, comes out with a name of a hashkoch on the top. And the, and the company told, called me up and said, we don't certify that. So what, what happened is that, the, that, the, uh, th- that they deliver different products to the stores, and it's not their brand name. It's another name of something else that they sell, but since they're the distributor of record, they put their name and their hashkocha on the, on the plastics. So repackaging is between you and the company that's repackaging it for you. But you cannot go back and say that's the original product. 
And now I want to go on to my topic for tonight, which is very serious. Maybe I should have started with it right away. I just got sidetracked here. And I, I'm not going to take any calls until I do this. Everybody uh, knows that we've been talking for the last few weeks about insect infestation that has increased uh, in the recent months, and that we've talked about some of the stores having issues with their insect infestation problems. And uh, you've seen articles, and I'm going to tell you what you've seen. Then I'll tell you what you haven't seen yet, and I'll share with you what I've written, and then you can at least understand what's happening a little bit, but I can't give you all the details. First, you, you've seen the, uh, the ads from the, uh, from the from Kahila Kashras in the local FJJ uh, newspaper that comes out. And basically what you see over there is that they noted the problems are coming up in the insect infestation area. They've made some changes within their, within their uh, hashkacha. They've limited who can do the checking. Uh, in some cases, they've eliminated the checking entirely and only take packaged products, uh, packaged vegetables, which they consider to be acceptably kosher. And um, there, there may be some training going on. I don't know the details exactly. I didn't ever speak to them about it. But they, you, whatever it is, they wrote it up a little bit in that advertisement. There were three weeks in a row in advertisement from Kehillah Kosher. Then, maybe two weeks later, you might have seen from Rabbi Goldberg from the Vatikashvis of Flatbush, he also put out a, a full-page ad in the FJJ. And this ad that he put out basically talked about all the procedures that he does, and he laid it out clearly and told you that, that he has an open-door policy and uh, he's very uh, transparent. And anybody who wants to find out more and go there or whatever it is they're entitled to. So that was Rabbi Goldberg. Uh, unbeknownst to everybody here, things have been happening. And I cannot talk about it. But the first thing that came out in writing about the issues that we're talking about, which, by the way, it isn't Brooklyn. It's, it's all over. But, but we've seen it in several, uh, several boroughs of, of New York City. And the issues are going on, and they're getting, uh, you know, they're getting a lot of attention, but it's all behind the scenes. But I'm sharing with you because I'm interested in people who listen to me to be prepared and understand what the issues are that face them when they go to a restaurant. So there's an article which you can get. I'm not going to read it. It's written by Rabbi Yair Hoffman, who I know very well and who I was involved with a little bit in this uh, venture. And he calls it bugging out over Caesar salads. And he talks about how he has a video. And in that video, he's, he shows, they show there how a salad was bought in a store. It doesn't, we don't, I'm not going to mention the name of the store. Good that, uh, <laughs> it's, it's good that no one's here to tell me to, to announce the names of that store. Anyway, so the, 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 that, that store had uh, bought the salad there. And you, you see the receipt from the store, you see everything, and then they open it up in front of you on the, in this video, and they pull out one after another. They got 11 bugs. And it was one salad that's, that, that was bought. It was bought to be checked, but, the, but it was bought by, as if they were really buying it to eat it. Nobody knew, because it came right out of the... It's after the mashgiach did whatever he does. 11 bugs and one salad. Okay, it's $13 the salad. So that's not a bad price, uh, number of bugs. Now, uh, w what he has his article goes into this whole topic, and if you want to see it, it's in the Five Towns Jewish News, and you can find that online, by the way. You don't have to go any of the stores or any, it doesn't cost anything anyway, and if I find it a box, fine. If not, you can go online. Five Towns Jewish News. This week, um, I believe it's still called This Week, and it's page 82. So if you want to see it, very interesting, bugging out over Caesar salads. Now, I wrote an article afterwards. I wanted to get myself into this, and here's, so I'm going to read it to everybody. Normally I don't read articles from my magazine. The, by the way, it's not printed yet. It's going to come out in two weeks. But I wanted you to hear it. The latest in vegetable inspection. What's happening now? 
unbeknownst to the public, Kashrus is undergoing serious change in the arena of vegetable inspection. We're still in the changeover stage. It's hard to say how long that will take, but at the end, hopefully, all sincere Kashrus agencies will be in sync regarding insect-free vegetables. Until then, the kosher consumer needs to satisfy himself that a given Kashrus agency is meeting his needs. For many years now, bug-free vegetables uh, have been sold. Not all of them have been up to par. Many years ago, in Yeshiva Birkas Ruvain, which is, I, I had a Yeshiva for 19 years, Yeshiva Birkas Ruvain. Many years in Yeshiva, go in Yeshiva Birkas Ruvain, Rav Asher Zimmin Zatzal, Rav Shamshim Brodsky Zatzal, and myself sat together with a well-meaning Rav who took on to produce one of the first bug-free vegetables. He had wanted Rav Zimmerman's approval of his endeavor. Rav Zimmerman was not impressed, for he held that those vegetables which are prone to insect infestation must be individually checked, not mass-produced with a good washing system. Less than two months later, that company had to stop production because consumers were finding too many insects in their products. The state of insect infestation today. In the last six years, the insect infestation level of leafy vegetables has increased in the field. At one time, after a good wash, companies always found their iceberg lettuce acceptably clean, though not always with romaine. That false notion was shattered about six years ago when the major cautious organizations could not put out for sale iceberg lettuce for several weeks due to the level of infestation. Each spring and summer, Increased diligence is required as the insect population soars in those months. Just this year, though, nearly all cashless agencies announced to the public in the U.S. and in several foreign countries that the situation with leafy vegetables has hit great proportions and methods for cleaning needed to be increased in scope and intensity. For, the, for a period of weeks, months in some cases, some cashless agencies removed their certification of the vegetable companies and their symbols were removed. We mentioned it a little bit on the radio here and we also mentioned it in my magazine when the cashless agencies were saying that. It's good to be on top of it with, uh, with following up with our magazine and following up with uh, this radio show. Now, in Flatbush, two cashless agencies printed a series of advertisements warning the community of increased infestation and explaining their new procedures. One even notified flappish consumers that they would not find all the normal vegetables on the menu in their stores. How are the cautious agencies dealing with the problem? Obviously, we have progressed today, and many companies in the U.S., Israel, etc., claim to be bug-free. The systems for growing in greenhouses, not all brands use greenhouses, washing and sample checking have improved significantly. Today, many feel safe cer with certain individual companies among the many which the, with the bug-free claim. So in other words, not everybody, but there are companies that people do feel these are safe. But in a commercial setting of a restaurant or a catering commissary, it's not universally practical to use specially grown, pre-washed, packaged vegetables with a hechsher. It's quite expensive. So many cashless agencies expect their mashkichim to prepare bug-free vegetables from the off-the-shelf vegetables that from the start are riddled with insects. There are many scenarios where mashkichim checking is not always successful in preparing the vegetables. There are pressures in terms of volume. There's the area in the store where the checking is to be done. There's the possibility of error and there are substitute mashgichim who are not adept yet at checking. Well-run kashrus agencies assign special staff to check on the performance of their mashgichim in the restaurants and at the caterers. They will come, examine salad greens, which were already checked by the mashgichim, to see if he overlooked any insects. A recent development. Recently, in New York City, some specially trained young men fanned out, and checked the produce of many restaurants. Unfortunately, they found inadequacies, read that, insects, in far too many places. Fortunately, 
They informed the agencies, and the serious overhaul has begun. There is retraining going on, increased checking on the Mishkichim's performance, and generally tightening up of systems by those who want to achieve the goal of really bug-free produce for their customers. A video was taken of one Caesar salad, without dressing, that was bought at a kosher-certified restaurant. Eleven insects were found in that one salad. To be fair, that was several times the worst finding that they had discovered elsewhere. In other words, they were probably running one, two, five, four, five, but, but they didn't get anywhere in the 11 and the other ones, but they still did come up regularly with insects in the, uh, in, in the, in the vegetable they checked. There is a, there is a point that, that I, I'm just trying to explain now, and this is like not in my article anymore. Uh, one of the reasons why they were finding so much is because they used the shmata badika method, which is you take the vegetables and you put it into water and then you examine the water through a mesh. That's a, a method that's being introduced in the last few years. That method is different than the method that some places use. So it's possible that they're finding, veg, finding even though the mashkiach could not have seen with his naked eye, they may have found more than he could ever see. Any human could see in a vegetable by looking at the leaf. So the question is whether this is an overkill, a necessary step, or not a necessary step. That's a whole discussion. It's not for today. The, well, unless you call in and ask me those questions. <laughs> These insects were visible with the naked eye, not with a jeweler's loop. And this was from a restaurant with a kosher certification on the store and a mashkiach on the premises. Two questions for the rabbis. There basically are two main questions facing the kashrist agencies. Number one, until recently, the best method for, for getting, veg clean, getting vegetables clean was to check each leaf on a light box. Next best was a triple wash using soap or something else to make the insects release their hold on the leaf. In addition, water pressure was applied with a faucet or a spray. Today, a new method is taking hold called the thrip mesh or the shmata bedika, where you soak the vegetables, and then you examine the water by pouring it onto a fine mesh to trap even the tiniest bugs. Next, you examine the cloth. Many have embraced this shmata bedika as the new standalone method, as it is very successful. Others are using the older methods, perhaps with a few tweaks. Some mashkichim are using a longer procedure, employing shmata bedika combined with some checking on a light box. There are others who do several checks with the Shmata Bedika. The method of choice is up to the Rav HaMachshir for the Kashrus agency that's certifying the establishment. A significant step is being employed by many Kashrus agencies, especially the stronger ones. It's called a pre-check. They check the heads before washing the produce. What they do is they take and check one head uh, all completely. They just take it and put it into water. No washing of it first. And then examine how many bugs they find. So if they find three or more in that, in that first pre-check, then they reject the whole lot. And they don't, they don't use this because they, they, they buy the, these vegetables in a, in a box where the, it comes all together, all the heads come together. So you figure if one's bad, it's a sign on the others, so they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily use it this way. That's a big problem for them, but that's the way the, some of the cautious agencies are working, with a pre-check. And if you find it relatively clean, I've been heard from Mashkichim that you could find as much as seven bugs and still get it clean afterwards. But fine, but as a, as a suggestion, pre-check prevents issues from coming up. Uh, the... As cautious agencies compare results with other agencies and reach for the stars to get the very best method, our protection goes up. The other area of concern is numbers. How many bugs and how many leaves is significant. This is a complex issue relevant to the Rabbonim, but not to us directly as we're not going to be privy to the numbers. Four myths about insect infestation. There are those who dismiss much of what I've written because they've chosen to follow a series of myths. Myth number one, the only way to see these insects is with a jeweler's loop. True, there are very tiny insects that can only be seen by a trained mashkiach or with a loop. But the fact is 
that there are very tiny insects, e.g. baby thrips, there will be also larger ones there too, the adult thrips. When an insect has been isolated from the background camouflage, it's visible with the naked eye. And, and you would, if you would have seen these things, which I see occasionally, and they showed me these, uh, these, the, the, when they're examining these, these cloths, you can definitely make the whole thing out without any loops. Myth number two, all kashrus agencies and all mashkichim are the same. Uh, false. Some mashkichim have received intense one-on-one training with a bug expert, and others use the learn-on-the-job-by-yourself method. I know substitute mashkichim that never met the Rav Hamachshir and were not trained by him. Myth number three, nobody can get vegetables truly bug-free. False. The people in the cautious field know who has just such a reputation and who doesn't. Myth number four, triple-washed, prepackaged vegetables are just as good as the best mashkichim. Checking off the, uh, who's checking the off-the-shelf vegetables. False. Triple washed may be completely inadequate. Often the water with the insects in it is recycled for all three washes. Also, everything hinges on the state of the vegetables that go into the wash. If they're heavily infested, the wash won't guarantee freedom from insects, whereas if you examine leaf by leaf, you can be more certain. If any cautious organization requires assistance in arranging for retraining or for learning about the Shmata Bidika method, contact us at Kashas Magazine. And I'll give you my number here at the sh- at the, right now, which is uh, I'm in the, in the number of the office, 718-336-8544. And our email address is Kashas, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. So that concludes that topic. And I will take anybody's calls. You can call in now. Our telephone number, 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And you can text us at 347-927-8398. You don't have to talk about insects, and you don't have to talk about prison. You don't have to talk about anything we mentioned, that even how to say the proper words properly. You can call on any topic you'd like. Our number here at the studio, 718 718- 683-5858 and the texting 347-927-8398 oh, I, let me, I, I know that we got a text here about uh, different people I didn't get it, I didn't uh, get it. Okay. it's not on my screen I yet. think that you have uh, the third the second from the top uh, different people have different minagim on oh. how to pronounce words I don't think that have any argument about pronounce the word uh, pronounce no, 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 of no. the, the nikud That's what I want to say. Uh, is that I'm right? Well, I mean, it is definitely with the Nikud. The Nikud, but, but the, the words, and again, everybody, let me tell you, I don't know what the person meant. There's a people who are calling people, there are people who are calling their friends Chaim. They call their friends Chaim. Oh, I see we're getting a lot of calls. Okay. <laughs> okay. People call their friends Chaim. Chaim. And the word is Chaim. The pronunciation, and there's also uh, whether you say ooh or e, okay, those things. But there's also, but there's also, we don't have us. We don't have a hit. We don't have an eye. We don't have that in our world. We don't have it. We weren't trained. I would say that because that uh, it's not because it's ability. It's not a matter, but because we don't use. But we uh, uh, we nobody. Trained. I don't think the rabbis. But this word, the but Dolim, the Dolim is said yeah. that the pronunciation has to be pronunciation. That if you have a ha. This is the Goniot. It's coming right, from right, the Goron. Right, right, right. But, but we weren't trained. We weren't it's trained to say the way, the way a Taimani says that we don't have this, this pronunciation. It may be more correct. The Sephardic pronunciation may be more correct. But nobody, no Shushiv, nobody else said, do that and learn it and do it also. So we, we, we believe that there are different gates, there were different, there are different roads, and, and, and different pronunciations, and different Shvatim. And, and we think we're doing what was... Uh, is correct for us to do, and we're not being asked to copy everybody else. It would take us all day to get through Kriyashma, that we would do it according to all the pronunciations. You're not mechuyev to do that. Uh, there are some people that I do know that pronounce, that do Kriyashma again in the Svartic, uh, in the proper Svartic, a strong Svartic pronunciation. But, that's, but that is not what we're talking about. We were talking about 
swallowing letters that you don't pronounce them. You just say Shimon. It's like Shin Mem Nun. You took out the iron. That you, 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 you know, that, that kind of thing we're talking about. But anyway, i got a million calls. Let's go. You're unconscious in the air. Can we help you? Yes, hi. Go ahead, please. In, yeah, hello. I live in Flatbush here. I'm very concerned recent months that the cautious was taken away from Mount Sinai Beth Israel Hospital on King's Highway. Well, you heard it here. If you listen to this show, you heard it before anybody else in the world knew it because we had a whole show about it just when yeah. it happened. And we asked people, listen carefully, we asked our people to contact them and to beg them, tell them, recommend to them, whatever you want to them. We gave telephone numbers. We gave email, email addresses. And if it's nothing happened, it's because people don't care. If, you, if they would have gotten 100 calls or 100 emails, I can guarantee you they would rethink the whole thing. People mm -hmm. don't care. That's it. I'm not saying it be, I'm saying me bad. I'm not saying anything bad about anybody. You're not mechuyev to care. But the point is, if you don't care, you don't. And we as Jews are supposed to be caring about people mm -hmm. who have difficulties, even though it's not us and our families. We're supposed to right. care about other people. So what can uh -huh. I say? We need that. Listen, we, we make, J. Root needs money. It's a real serious yeah. issue here, not a joke. And People get on the radio, uh, whether myself or somebody else, and say, send money to J-Root, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, 11229. Right. And people don't send. Nobody sends. Somebody does. But not enough. Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a question of totally a, a matter of how serious it, it is to the people. It bothers you? I got a simple suggestion. Ask 20 yeah. friends to contact them. It does bother me. First of all, I've been a patient at Beth Israel. Uh, you're now there? You're there now? Israel. I've been a patient there many times. Oh, you've been. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it bothers me. Uh, you know, it's in a Hamish community. It's in a firm community. And uh, this was ridiculous taking away the whole, the, the whole culture. I don't understand the reasoning behind this. Well, the reason it is always the same thing. M-O-N-E-Y. Yeah. But if you but if you 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 daven in a shul, you have yeah. friends, you have relatives, ask them all to contact Beth Israel South, which is that's what it's called, Beth Israel South, Beth Israel here right. in Brooklyn. Contact them and say we want you to reinstitute a proper kosher kitchen hot program. Nothing with this microwaves. You know, we need okay. real food. We're entitled to real food. That's all. Right, 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 right. You should right. feel well I and healthy. To do that. Because I care about my my uh, my brethren, <laughs> you know, I feel for them. So get busy, and if you need any help, you can always contact me to help you. Take good care, my friend. Fuashleimer, okay, be feel well. Okay, next caller. You're unconscious on the air. Can I can I help you? Yes. Go ahead. You're on the air. There's a product called Ant Gussies. It has a star K on it, and I was wondering because they have different kinds of cookies or biscuits. They have one that has raisins in it. I would wonder how they do, how they take care, how they check the raisins for this. Okay, so now, now now you're touching on a very interesting thing. I mean, I can't talk for the Star K. I don't work for them. I never did, and I never asked them what they do. There are two pro, uh, there are two uh, answers to your question, and which is the real one? I don't know. Only the Star K could answer you. Some people hold that there's no problem with raisins at all. Rabelsky Zatzal held that way. The OU holds that way. I don't know the Star K position. They hold there's no problem with raisins because of what we call a sveke sveka, a double doubt whether the insects, which are definitely there, which yeah. whether they whether they came in for on the, when they were on the tree or a, I mean vine or after they came off the vine, and and the second suffix also. It's a it's if you want to look it up, it's a, it's in Yoridea. Simon Pei Dalid, Taz Yud Base. That's where it is. At the same time, the Shach argues on the Taz and the Prima Godim argues on the Taz. And most of the people don't go with that approach. I mean, I'm saying, no, most people, most people probably do what the OU does. But I'm saying, but other people, when they learn Yoridea, don't necessarily take that approach on that topic. So what the Star K does, I don't know. 
That said, there are people who use not all raisins. They may be getting it from certain countries, certain suppliers, certain quality. They may be ch checking it on a regular basis. They may stop using it for a while. They may, use, they may switch it over. I, I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do. You're going to have to ask the Star K. Their telephone number is 410-484-4110. Thank you for the call. Take Thank good you care. very much. Bye. You're welcome. Okay. okay. You're on Conscious on the Air with Rabbi Yosef Wickler. Can I help you? Yes. Um, I have a question about uh, packaged lettuce that claims to be greenhouse grown. Does it have the same problems or can it be trusted? Well, one second. I don't know what you're saying, but let's, oh, there let's go. Are, there are lettuces that right. uh, okay. say on the package that they are greenhouse grown. Okay, let me explain to you. Let me explain to you. Greenhouse grown is not a guarantee of anything except where it comes from. You, the, the greenhouse is like saying shul. There's the orthodox shul, the reform shul, the conservative shul. There's the chesvardim, the misnagdim, and the, and the, the chesidim, and then and the, the, and the yekis. There's every kind of shul. Greenhouse grown is just where it is grown. Doesn't mean to say that it's a perfect thing. It's very, 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 very hard to get a, 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 you know, a, 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 a lettuce that you don't have the, the insects coming in, uh, you know, in any significant numbers. There's always going to be an insect. But the work that you have to do, it's a very time-consuming operation. I was talking uh, with one rabbi who's very knowledgeable in this area, and he told me that he got a tour, I believe, uh, personally, I don't know if it was a tour, but or ex explanation. I think he did a tour of of, of a greenhouses that were that are run by one of the one of the companies. He actually saw the greenhouses. I never saw the greenhouses except in pictures or videos, but they but he he saw the actual ones, I believe, and he was extremely impressed. He told me that unbelievable things they do. So now I don't know what everybody does. Greenhouse is not a guarantee. The only guarantee. Uh, other than you're checking yourself, is somebody that you feel has done everything and would never compromise uh, in any which way. There are such rabbis, there are such hashgachas, there are such products. I can't keep na naming you here on the radio. The way to do it is to contact the conscious agency that you consider to be 150%, and then ask them which they use, and they'll tell you. Okay, thank you very much thank for the you. call. Thank you very much. Before we go on to our next call, and we have a lot of calls, and you can still call in, though, 718-683-5858. I must say a word about our sponsor, which is Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. Whenever you think of Glotmart, think of price, service, convenience, and quality. And whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money shopping at Glotmart. Some of the items that are on sale right now, today and tomorrow, I don't have the new items. You can get... Um, Family pack fillet steak, $9.99 a pound. You can get veal scallopini, $16.99 a pound. I don't know if I've ever had that. <laughs> uh, you can get um, uh, Beigel's mini black and white cookies at $3.69. You can get Hadar oven ready lasagna, 13.25 uh, ounces, two for $3. You can get a lot of aluminum pans, nine by 13, five for a dollar. And uh, the eggplants are 69 cents a pound. Well, that's what I, that I eat almost every single day. And the plum tomatoes are now at 89. So some good, there's some good buys there at Glotmart. And at Glotmart, you can save a lot of time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items that you purchased in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of the meats is A1. With kosher certification from the, both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glotmart you're getting quality kashras. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashras on the Air over J Root Radio. And now we're going to go back to our busy phones. Uh, we, well, first caller, go ahead. You're on Kashras on the Air. Can we help you? You're on the air. Yes. Um, I want to know about um, slurpees. Slurpees? Oh, my goodness. Uh, what would you like to know? 
No, meaning, um, let, let's say, um, do, do, sometimes they like, um, would they like add, add in anything? Add anything? L not, not, not add, um, um, like, um, um, which, um, do, do they need a, a hashgacha? We don't think that the Slurpees in the stores is the right thing for us to be buying. We, we suggest you go only to stores that have hashgacha. And there are so many reasons. We've done it on the show. I can't tell you how many times. But I will share with you something that I heard yesterday. I have a good friend, and he's not living where we live over here, but uh, he's in America. <laughs> anyway, he, he went into the store in one of these 7-Elevens, and he saw that they mislabeled the product. And then he saw another one mislabeled. And, he, he, uh, and the people there are not uh, Americans. They're foreigners that are working there. And they don't even know what the things are supposed to be. And they, they messed it up terribly. In some cases, they had parva ones, the uh, milchik ones that were, they said parva, they said, oh, you want it. In certain cases, they, they claimed that they're all kosher and they really was, that's what happened here locally, and they, were, and they actually were serving flavors that are not kosher certified. And, and, and in some cases, they'll put something in and get it uh, delivered by mistake and they'll probably use it. Because they don't, you know, and they'll put something in there, you won't know which one it is. No one was complaining in these stores. They're buying the stuff. <laughs> They're taking it. They like it. And that's all. It tastes nice. It tastes good. I don't advise it to you at all. We don't think you belong in there. We like you too much. You go to a nice yeshiva, go to a nice place to, to, to buy food and drinks. And if, if you, have, you want any further information, I have an article about it. I, I want you to know they, they plastered it all over the internet. An audit, so a letter that I wrote, it was plastered all over the internet. Everybody from one, I can't imagine how many people saw that thing. So I, I really don't agree that you should be buying it over there. I'm sorry. Maybe your father holds differently, maybe your rabbi holds differently, but you're calling me, I got to tell you how I feel, okay? Okay. Take good care, my friend. Okay, next call. You're unconscious on the air. What can we, what can, can we help you? Hello? You're on Hello? the air. Yes, you're on the air. Can we help you? Yes, I'd like to know does Himalayan salt need action? Does what salt? Himalayan salt. I don't know what Himalayan salt is. Let me tell you that I, it, salt. real salt, as far as I know, has nothing right. wrong with it. Has nothing wrong with it now. Real salt. But we have all kinds of salts today where the, the next step will be flavored salts. But, but right now, we don't have... I, I think there are flavored salts. I think I saw it. Yes. I thought regular salt that comes from the Himalayan mountains. It doesn't matter where it comes from. If it's only salt, we don't know it to be processed in any way that's not kosher. But if, it's, if it says flavors of any sort that are added, then it yeah. definitely needs hashkocha. Yeah. Uh, I don't know I of anything... I don't know of anything wrong with any salt. It, it, you could you'd have, ask somebody who knows more about it. You can call. No, uh, I'm asking, you could call. I want to ask one more question. Maple syrup does it need an extra? Yes, because in the processing of maple syrup, they they use something to make it uh, solidify or not solidify something like that when it comes out from the from the uh, from the trees, and very often they use something that's not kosher. Now. He, listen, what, listen one second, listen one second. And what, what people don't know is that the cashless agencies are not always getting the original source. They're not usually, they're not sitting there in the middle of the winter checking the trees and the, and the sap coming out of the trees. So some places buy already from, an, from a smaller farm. And that's a problem. So you know, the, the real facilities are easy to control because... You know, a plant is a plant, and people, uh, you know, the whole system in America is that we don't have mashkiach to media on our plants. We go visit there every month, check records, etc. We feel it's, it's being run in a way, an efficient way, and we feel that we're uh, safe. I mean, that's the American system of kashras. Whether it's right or wrong, that's it. But, the, but um, when, when the small farms, they can do whatever they want, and there definitely is a concern, and, uh, you know, a lot of people don't give a proper hashkoch on that. I saw maple syrup in Costco. Is it, should I, that be considered a problem? 
It does, you can yeah. buy make you can buy kosher certified anything anywhere, and not kosher certified doesn't matter where it's being sold. I don't understand what's got to do with with the place. The location doesn't matter. It's no, only what. No, no. You they can't buy without hashkafa. I never heard of that. You can't buy without hash. You can't buy maple syrup without hashkafa. Absolutely not. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Keep listening. Take care. Okay. We have another caller. Go ahead. Kashmir's on the air. Go ahead, please. Okay, you mentioned something that about raisins. Raisins what? don't have a problem. I didn't say that. I don't know what you heard. That's what I thought that I heard. That's why no, I'm going to find that. out if that's what I, I heard. I said to you. Do I, raisins have a problem? I, one second. Let's start all over again. Yes. Are raisins acceptable? Are they good? Is it whatever it is. So I told the, the listener before that the OU's position, based on by Rabbi Belsky, is that there is no concern for the raisins because we call a sveik sveika, a double doubt. I also said that, that there are many authorities in the Shulchan Aruch that disagree with that. And I said that uh, many people don't accept that leniency. And, I, I, and he asked about the Star K, and I said you have to contact the Star K and find out what their position is because there's two things that could be done. One is you are very, you're lenient, you hold, this, you hold it's not a problem. You th- even if there would be bugs, you th- bugs that came in uh, at, at a proper time and not the, not the bugs that came in at an improper time, and you eat the bugs. The other thing is, you, the, other thing is uh, the, the other approach is that maybe they did something to make sure that the raisins that they use are relatively bug-free or actually bug-free. So those are two things that they could be doing. So I don't know what the star K does. That's what I told him. I personally don't eat raisins. I used to love raisins. I had those little boxes. When I, I knew I figured out what's called a shear for a bracha chrona, da da da. I should have a shiluk, I wanted a barrier. All of all the things I was I was into raisins a lot. And I don't eat them anymore. Uh, you know, you have to give up everything? No. But you know, this is the three weeks, this is the nine days. People are having seeing shows about the Holocaust. When, when we tell you on this station that there may be something to be concerned about, whether it's insects in the, in the vegetables that are in our restaurants and our caterers, whether it's this thing about the raisins or the Slurpees, when we say that there's a concern, you know, just think about what was going on in the time of the Holocaust, what they couldn't even get food, and what they, they couldn't get kosher food. And, 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 and today we have, you can be... Uh, it's 500 pounds. You could eat every day nonstop. You can afford it. We can get it. There's food. There's, there's good food. There's bad food. But we can do anything we want today. And my goodness, to say that if we don't have this, we, we can't live. I got into the cranberries. I, I love the raisins. I got into the cranberries. I don't eat it too much because there was a lot of sugar. But I, I do eat the cranberries. Those, those, the raisins are very, very tasty. And when you use them in cooking and baking, whatever it is, it tastes fantastic. And there are other alternatives to raisins. Definitely uh, many people are using that. I, I, I just tell the story now because I think it's very important. And I said it before, but it's a very good story. There's a, there's a gentleman who has a company called U.S. Chocolate. He provides uh, bakery goods for bake, all, all the from bakeries and maybe goisha bakeries too. And he used to sell raisins. And he told me, I asked him, how did you sell raisins? He said, because the Hisachas Rabbanim comes down, and they check the ra- they take the sample of the raisins, and they, they check it. First of all, they told him only to buy from one place, one country or one region or whatever it was. They limited him to only buy certain raisins. And then they told him, we're going to sample check. And they sampled the stuff. And then he used to use it and sell it to these bakeries. I re- met him a few months ago, actually. It's like in uh, December I met him. And I asked him, what's going on with it? He said, I don't do that anymore. I said, why not? He said, because I was losing money on it. Because the Hisachdas Rabbanim used to take the, the raisins and check them. And many times they found they were too infested. So I couldn't use them. So this is an honest approach. They tried, but it wasn't working. Now that's, that's taking Kashrus seriously. I'm very proud of what Hisachdas did. I'm proud of the man for trying, and I'm proud of the man for, for getting out when he had to get out. And, his, and supplying to most of the bakeries, the from bakeries, he's supplying alternatives to raisins. 
I forgot exactly what he uses, but he uses alternatives to raisins. Okay? Can I just say something? Sure. Okay. As an alternative to raisins, besides craisins, when I make my challah for Rosh Hashanah, I take apricots, I split them open the dried apricots, I check them, and then I snip them into little pieces. They look like yellow raisins. They taste, they taste good, too. That's very Delicious. nice. Delicious. Very nice idea. I love you, show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Alternatively, we, we, we can just tell you the following, which you have to know, is that you can make your own raisins. It doesn't take too much effort. You have to know how to wash grapes. I'm not going to go through it right now. I've told it on the show so many times. But you have to wash the grapes the proper way, very, very thoroughly. I'm not going to tell you the details now. And then you can put it into the oven, and you put it in a very low temperature, and you keep it there for I don't know how long, and you'll taste them as they go along, and you'll see it'll be the sweetest raisins you ever tasted in your life. And you can definitely make them. I've, I've, I've tasted them. They're fantastic. And you could, you could do the same thing. There's special machines that they, they dehydrate, and they do that. It's, a, it's an unbelievable thing. What do you think they did in the old days? How did they make raisins? They put them up on the top of the roof. The grapes put on top of the roof, and they dried out. That's what they call the muksa. They put it aside. Grogus would smook him. So I, I think really uh, people are, are, are getting a little bit, I mean, not saying everything is us, and everything, I understand, but y- you still have to realize that if there's a serious concern, then we should be concerned about that serious concern. And if there are ways to implement that we can have exactly the things we used, we used to have, fine. But I think that people have to become a little bit more understanding that we're not trying to make life tough, tough for anybody, we're, and I'm living the same life as you are. It's just that, it's, it's just that we, when we confront these things, we, we want to protect our people, and that's, that's why we're, we're recommending these opportunities. Okay, we have another caller. Let's take it. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Hello? Yeah, you're on the air. We only have another minute. Can you please speak up? Yeah, yeah, I want to know, you mentioned about um, uh, bugs and the, the sound of different salads in Brooklyn and different you know, restaurants. Um, I want to know, so what do you suggest, what do, what do you suggest we do now? Should we be in any restaurants? My, my, salads, I, okay, so this is, this is something, this is, and I've, when I was thinking of doing this show today, that was the thing that was bothering me. You know, what is somebody supposed to do? So I think it, it, it's no different whether it's the raisins, or the or you know, or, or the salads, or uh, the slurpees. A person has to know himself or herself. He has to speak, or she has to speak to their parents, speak to the rabbanim. They have to talk it out, husband and wife. People have to know where they're holding. Don't make yourself crazy, but you have to know where you're holding. If you're holding in a serious way on other things, then you have to be serious about these issues. If you feel that. If you innately feel that there can't be anything wrong with the national cautious organizations, and if they're permitting it, it's okay. I have no problem with that. You have to you have to decide yourself where you draw the line in general. Then you can see does this fit in with that? It doesn't fit in with that. So I'm not. I I, I mean the people who are very concerned will be concerned in the store in the restaurants. Between you and I, not everybody has to buy all these leafy vegetables, you can go into a store and you can get, uh, you can get vegetables that are, you, you get this with the, what they call the Israeli salad. It's very, very good. You put all the condiments you want on it and throw in a lot of pickles and throw this in and throw that in and you can have a wonderful time. And not everything has to have these, these, uh, these things that are prone to it. In the, and there are some stores that are using the highest quality prepackaged. So the stores that are using prepackaged with the highest quality ashkoch, I'm not going to tell you the names right now, but those two, th- one, two, three uh, big top names, then that you're safe. You're 100% safe because they are, p- or, are as close to perfect as anybody is going to be other than yourself. How are we supposed to know which stores use prepackaged? That's very simple. Prepackaged. It's very simple, my friend. There are two things you can do. Any store, any restaurant will tell you what they do. And the cautious agency will tell you what they do in every store. Nobody's hiding out from you. These are things that, this is something that they're all willing to share with you. It's not a secret. And you're entitled as a consumer. And if you don't do it before you go into the store, in the store itself, you can ask to speak to the mashgiach, ask to speak to the owner, ask to speak to the manager. 
Speak to somebody who can answer the question intelligently, and I'm sure they're going to answer it honestly too. Okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you very much much for listening. Okay, we have to go already. We had a great show, and I I, I thank everybody for listening. If you're interested in contacting us at Cautious Magazine to get a subscription or any questions, 718-336-8544, or email us at Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. Thank you for listening.